Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 48. One of the major reasons to take a Royal Caribbean cruise is to relax and aboard all the ships in Royal Caribbean's fleet. There are plenty of places to do just that. This week, I will share my favorite spots for a little peace and quiet if you're looking for good places to take a break. Here we go. This week's episode is brought to us by one of our favorite listeners, Paul Westbrook. And Paul wrote to us and said, I will call this idea just Deck 5. I was on Enchantment of the Seas last year and was looking for a quiet place. Little did I know it. It would come on the muster deck. One day while wandering around the shop casino floor, I luckily wandered outside. Deck chairs, the horizon, hardly a soul. Perfect place to sit and relax. Maybe talk about those decks on each class of ship. Can't thank you enough. Be well, Matt. Paul, great idea, because, you know, after all, a lot of people just go to cruises, we talk about everything there is to do on board, everything there is to do on land, all the great places you visit, but you know what? At the end of the day, a little relaxation on your cruise ship is really what it's all about, and certainly, because sea days are a major part of any Royal Caribbean vacation, even just in the evenings, you're going to be spending a lot of time on the ship, and while there's a lot to do, there is a lot to also offer in terms of relaxation and just taking it easy, looking for a little peace and quiet. So, your idea inspired us, and of course, you started out with one that I think is the quintessential relaxing place on any Royal Caribbean ship. All of them have it, and this is the deck. He said deck five. I think it's mostly deck five. A couple of ships might actually be deck four. It's basically that deck that when you first embark on your ship, when you first get on board the first day, it's the deck you get on. It usually wraps around the entire ship. It's not the jogging deck per se, although a lot of people do jog on it. It's the deck, again, deck four or five. It has a look that is outside. It allows a view of the entire ocean surrounding the entire deck. And there's often lots of chairs. And it's really great because, again, it offers a great view. It has that really great cruise look to it in terms of the chairs on the wood floor. And usually the chairs are wood themselves and, you know, the ocean breeze going by. And, of course, you also have the fact that it's not very crowded. Most people don't spend a lot of time here. Partially because there's not a whole lot to do other than sit and watch the ocean. There's no activities on this deck, or at least outside. There's no thing. There's really nothing to see except for the ocean. But if you're looking for a place to relax and enjoy the sea breeze, or just see what's going on, you know, around the ship, it, like like actually around the ship, not you know from the metaphorical sense, but what's outside of your ship, it's a great deck to do. And I just love going here. We always go here actually after our dinner time in the main dining room. We'll take a walk on this deck just to digest a little bit burn some calories, but really just enjoy the evening air. It's one of the best places. My favorite thing to do in any Royal Caribbean ship, take that evening walk around that deck. But even in the daytime, if you're looking to read a book, this is the place to do it, especially for those who don't have maybe their own balcony in their stateroom. You can go out here, and it's usually a great place to go. And again, usually very, very, very uncrowded. I I would be shocked if someone were to tell me that there would be a situation where there wouldn't be any space, unless the only time this really gets crowded is like when you're pulling into a port, and everybody wants to see the docking process, but you know when you're out to sea, it's a great view. And actually, what's funny is that there's actually another area of the ship that's even more of a secret on this deck, and that's the aft of this. So the aft is, of course, the rear of the ship, and when you go back there, it's kind of weird. It's going to be usually very, very uncrowded. Not many people go back there. It might be a little loud, though, because the engines are usually back there, and you can hear that. However, it gives a great view of the ship's wake. On the Oasis-class ships, in fact, when I was on Oasis of the Seas, Royal Caribbean actually put chairs out there so you could sit and watch the wake. And there's something very calming about watching that wake. It's just a cool thing. It makes great photos, certainly. And it's just a really great thing if you want to just enjoy a little time and 
kind of zone out a little bit and, and lose yourself in the moment, it's a great place for it. That's a really, that deck five, deck four, depending on what ship you're on, is one of the best places to do that. And if you're not spending a lot of time here, or at least just taking a couple walks here on your cruise, you're missing out because it's a great place. Mine, my favorite. Now, some other places to go on your ships that are quiet. Well, you know, there's the pool deck and the pool deck in the afternoon is not one of these quiet places. However, there are times when it is quiet, certainly in the morning hours, especially before 10 a.m. It's usually a ghost town. And after dark, when really most of the swimming is done, or I would say, you know, not even after dark, let's let's peg this at after 7 or 8 o'clock even. It really gets a lot quiet. There's not as much music playing. There's people hanging out, certainly, but it gets very serene. It's really nice, especially if you go up on the top pool deck. So remember, because you have the pool deck, which actually has the pool on that level, and then usually there's the jogging track up one deck above that. And over there, you can enjoy, there's more of a breeze going on. It can get, it can get very windy over there. However, the, if it's not too windy, it can really be a fun place to go. Just sit down on one of the chairs, enjoy the breeze, bring a drink up there. I like doing that. Going down to the bar, maybe the sky bar or some other lounge, grabbing a drink, going up there and just relax, just sitting down, enjoying, uh, the ambiance, really. And the great thing also is if you can have a view of the pool, it's a great opportunity just to enjoy how well lit the pool is at night because they really do a good job of that. But for morning people, it's a great place to go, really one of the better quiet places on the ship. Now, of course, there's the solarium, which by definition is a quiet place. The solarium is the adults-only area of the pool. And even during the daytime, it's not usually too loud. It can get very warm here because the solariums are usually enclosed. There's not much of a breeze. But if you're looking for a place that has no kids, well... This is one of the best places because it's adults only, so you're not going to have too many kids playing around you. And again, it can get crowded, but just like the pool deck, same rules apply. It can certainly off hours. It's very, very empty, but it's a great place to just take a nap. I love it. They have those, the the lounge chairs here are a little different. They have that extra padding on it, and it is just so conducive for, for napping. I have to tell you, especially if you get one in the shade, maybe your feet stick out in the sun. Oh, it's a great place for that. Another great quiet place if you're on the Oasis class ships, Central Park and the Boardwalk. These are areas that are really, again, they're, they're focal points of the ship in the sense that they're advertised a lot, but not a lot of people spend a lot of time here for a long duration. Central Park is one of my favorite places to go, in fact. What I like to do, go to the Park Cafe, Central Park Cafe, grab a roast beef sandwich, go back out, sit among the trees, and just relax and enjoy. You know, even when you're close to land, there'll be birds around because they fly over the ship, take a little breather in Central Park, and then head back out. So it can be really nice to enjoy. And again, boardwalk, same thing. Off hours in the boardwalk is a little more key because if the aqua theater is going or there's some sort of activity going on, it can get louder. But, you know, it's still a pretty relaxing place. And if I was going to go read a book or just want to sit down somewhere, it's a good place to do that, I think. And, and really, Central Park and boardwalk, really good places. Off hours again. But Central Park a little bit better even during the daytime and the afternoons because, again, there aren't too many activities going on. There's just people getting, you know, from point A to point B, but not a lot of... Noise, I think. Um, you also have, of course, really on any ship, the lounges and bars are great places to relax if you're going off hours. So in the mornings, especially, there's nobody there. Even in the afternoons, a lot of lounges are empty. The schooner bar is a great example. The schooner bar is empty in the morning. It's usually pretty empty in the daytime. It really picks up in the evening when they start having activities there. But assuming there's nothing going on, these are great places to relax because you can actually get drink service if you'd like. Assuming there's someone there, usually there'll be at least somebody walking, working around. Maybe, maybe not. But you can also just get an opportunity to get dark, quiet place. It's dark in the sense that it's not like outside light, but it can be a good place to just, you know, sit back and again, 
I like to read the cruise compass maybe and have a seat. Because I have a lot of comfy chairs. In fact, our bar, one of my favorite places ever, is a great bar to just go in and just hang out and talk with people because the they have just comfy chairs. I love that. And Boleros, by the same token, is another good one. So again, off hours, lounges and bars, great places to have a little time out. Now, in the Oasis class, also you might want to check out there's some public decks all the way in the back on the aft on decks 11, 12, and 14. And these public decks are allow great views. And again, very quiet. Not a lot of people go there, so it can give you a good spot. And this is something that I experience on Oasis of the Seas. And I know a lot of people talk about this area quite a bit on the Oasis class ships in general. Now, another place you might not think of being a quiet place is the helipad. Now, if your ship has a helipad and you have access to it, some ships don't allow access to the helipad. If you are one of those lucky ships, then you get a chance to go out there. It's usually, again, very quiet because most people don't even know that you can get out there. And even less people check it out when they do even go there. So it can be very quiet. It can get very windy. And that's one thing you have to keep in mind. But if it's not terribly windy, they have benches. It's really a very nice spot to enjoy, especially on sea days. So just go out there and you're basically, it's like sitting in the front seat of your car. You see everything that's coming towards you. It's a nice little view. And I really enjoy just going out here. And it's great for picture taking. And, you know, it's just the benches. It, it really puts everything in perspective. It's one of those spots on the ship. I think that's special like that. And also, when we're talking about freedom class ships, you can actually, if you want to look for somewhere a little quieter, maybe it's middle of the day, other options. You want to be outside, but you want to be a little quieter. Try going up to deck 12 on the Freedom class and walk to the very front of the ship and go up to what's called the St. Tropes deck. The St. Tropes deck is kind of an, it's an elevated deck above the deck. So you go to 12 and then you'll see this little staircase and it looks like it's basically a circle or oval shaped little deck that it, that jump, juts out, comes up from it. And a lot of people maybe go there for sun tanning, but most often, most people even know you can go up there. And there's a little sign actually, a little plaque. I'll say St. Tropes deck doesn't really mean a whole lot. I don't know why they even named it that way, but you just go walk right up and you can sit there and enjoy a little peace and quiet. Because again, most people don't even know that it's there. And, you know, on any given time, in any given ship, there's usually at least a couple places to go. But again, deck four, deck five, that, that outside deck that circles the whole ship is my favorite still. It's always, I think it's one of the few places that throughout the entire day, it's quiet and it's worth going to. And it's really one of my favorites to go to. So it's hard to ever go wrong there. For book reading, it is the place to go. No question about it. Otherwise... You know, pick your poison. Lounges are fun. There are not a whole lot of people watching going on, but hey, it's still, you know, a nice place to sit down. Maybe we'll get out of your room, get a little variety in there. The, of course, the pool deck's off hours. In the evening, I love the pool deck, so definitely go check that out. Do yourself a favor, especially like late at night after 9, 10 o'clock. I mean, there's no one really in the pool area, but it's a great view, and I just love how beautiful the ship is at night. So this is one of the best places to enjoy that. Those are my choices, and if I missed any, hey, we want to hear from you, of course. You can email us, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Share with us your favorite places to relax, and we'll read it on an upcoming show. I want to remind all of our listeners that we have actually a live episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast coming up very, very soon. That's right. We're doing a first time ever a live broadcast to celebrate the one year anniversary of the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast. We talked a little bit about it in last week's episode, but I want to make sure everyone puts on their calendars now that it is July officially. And it's going to be coming up on Wednesday, July 30th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. At that time, you'll go to royalcaribbeanblog.com. There'll be a whole link there for you to watch. Listen, all that stuff, be a part of it. It'll be an opportunity for you to call in. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So if you've been a fan, and I thank you very much for listening, I highly recommend you check it out and come be a part of it. It'll be, I think it'll really be fun to be able to 
share the podcast episode with all of you live at least. And if and if not, if you can't make it, I understand people got to work, got families, you've got other things going on, video games, whatever it may be. It's all right. We'll make this episode uh, recorded and available for download a little bit later. So with that in mind, speaking of our listeners, we want to answer some questions and emails and tweets and Facebook messages. And we're going to start with an email from Kyle in D.C. Hi, Matt. I've been enjoying the new podcast every week. Thanks for the continued hard work. In particular, I have been re-listening to your podcast to talk about one of my favorite chips, Freedom of the Seas, as a few friends and I are sailing on her August 31st for a Western Caribbean cruise. It's been a great way to pass the days until our trip. I was wondering if you or any fellow podcast fans have any good insider information on the best things to do during our itinerary. Thanks to you, I already set up for our first stop, Labadee. I plan on grabbing the Labadoozy, that the first one that I see, but I'm wondering about the other three stops, Falmouth, Grand Cayman, and Cozumel. My friends are not particularly keen on spending a lot of money on excursions, though, through Royal Caribbean, but we will want to experience at least some of the flavor of each of the port. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. This will only be my second cruise. My first was on Oasis, which I wrote to you about several weeks ago, but I'm already hooked and excited to explore other Royal Caribbean ships and all they have to offer. On a side note about your podcast about St. Martin, I wanted to add another great spot to visit on the island. It's called Pick Paradise, and it's way up in the mountains. My friends and I rented a Jeep for the day, so we found it while exploring. It is, I think, maybe one of the highest points on the island, and the panoramic views are incredible. You can see clear from one side of the island with undisturbed natural beaches to the cruise ships docked on the other. I will attach a picture of my email so you can see for yourself. Sorry for the long-windedness, and again, keep up the good work. Kyle, great email, and I love the spot, by the way, the suggestion. I gotta go check that out next time I'm in St. Martin. Pick Paradise. I will make a note of it as to a place that I will want to go see. I saw the pictures, and I apologize, this is a very visual element for a audio-only show, but you'll take my word. It is pretty darn cool, and I didn't even know it existed, so next time I go, I'm checking it out. So, on your question, things to do in Falmouth, Grand Cayman, Cosmo, you don't want to spend a lot of money. Falmouth, you're gonna have to pretty much spend money. You don't spend with Royal Caribbean, but you do need to spend money because there's not a whole lot around Falmouth. There's a little shopping port area in Falmouth itself. It's kind of like a touristy, here's a bunch of stores, there's a Margaritaville now, and that kind of stuff. It's nice to walk around in, but it's by no means is it worth the whole day there. You'll spend maybe an hour or two if you really go crazy with shopping. What I would suggest doing is looking at some of the uh, shore excursions that are available in the area. We did the Hilton Rose Hotel, which is an all-inclusive resort. It was pricey, so that may not fit your bill. However, it was a great spend of our time and honestly one of the best all-inclusive resorts I've ever done. But I think you understand how an all-inclusive works and there's an additional cost to that. Otherwise, there are a number of tour operators that are available. I would actually go on a site like TripAdvisor and take a look at some other excursions that are available. There's not The problem with Falmouth is it's not really in an area that's built up around tourist stuff. You're basically going to go to Duns River Falls or things that are going to be like, you know, 30, 45 minutes away by car. Not a big deal, I don't think, but it's not like it's just right there and you can, you know, step outside and it is right there. So you probably have to do a little bit of research there and kind of see what's out there. Grand Cayman, if you want an easy, cheap thing to do, just go to Seven Mile Beach, get a taxi, ask for a recommendation. You could go, of course, research it. I mean, Seven Miles Beach, literally it's seven miles long, so there's a whole lot of it. You want to go somewhere that's uh, preferably maybe even a public beach or one that doesn't have... Uh, a cost to it. A lot of times these taxi drivers will bring you to resorts that technically the beach is free, but they may charge you for like, do you do anything else? Like use a chair, which may or may not, maybe you do want a chair and you're willing to pay five bucks for it, whatever. But that's probably the best thing to do. It's going to be the most inexpensive and you could probably get away with it for not spending a whole lot of money. 
Cozumel is probably one of the most inexpensive places you're going to visit. That's what I love about it, really. My favorite thing to do in Cozumel, take a taxi to downtown and just walk around. Eat, sample all the food you can because there's so much great food in Cozumel. And just kind of walk around and see what else is around. They have uh, one of the great beaches is Paradise Beach, which is actually the opposite direction of downtown. But again, taxis in Cozumel are like nothing. They cost you nothing. Whereas in Grand Cayman, you're going to pay a little bit more for it. Cozumel, of course, is Mexico. As Americans, it's inexpensive. And I think you'll find that Paradise Beach is a great beach if you're looking for an inexpensive way. No frills. Just here's sand. Here's water. Here's some chairs. Just probably spend like 20 bucks max to you know to get all that stuff going for you. And they have good deals on drinks. It's a fun beach, so nothing wrong with that. So that's my suggestions. And I think you'll have a great time. They're probably found to be the most difficult to keep it in budget or cheap at least. But the other two shouldn't have any real difficulties with going. I'm, I'm jealous, though. It's a great ship. Great itinerary. Have a wonderful time, Kyle. And, of course, want to hear about it. So when you get back, shoot us a quick message. Next, we have an email from Christopher Percy. Having Nick Weir on your episode really adds credibility to your podcast. As I told you previously, you've done a terrific job on the previous 45 podcasts. However, other than a few guests, you've been the Lone Ranger, quote-unquote. The involvement of management brings you to a new level. Next, you need to have either Richard or Adam on the show. That's a good idea. 270 sounds like a terrific venue and will raise the bar for all entertainment on Royal Caribbean Chips. Multiple stages with the ability to do different things at once and the huge projection screen is just amazing. Very out of this world. The after party for Mamma Mia sounds exciting and is certainly innovative for the cruise industry. Red carpet, photographers, the whole nine yards. The music hall will really bring the true concert experience to passengers and is also breaking new ground for the cruise industry. I was glad to hear Nick say that Royal Caribbean will never charge for entertainment other than venues like the Prohibition Party where drinks and other features are value add and will cost extra. Quantum of the Seas is going to be over the top in so many ways, and we cannot wait to sail on her. You know, Christopher, great email as always. I really appreciate you being a part of this show. And you know what? I agree with you, especially about that last line. Quantum of the Seas, I really think, is going to be an amazing ship. And I really, really can't wait for November. And, of course, when did she finally we get a chance to check them out as part of the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. I haven't, I haven't plugged this in a while. Man, my shameless plugs are really not, not what they used to be. i got to work on those skills. But, yeah, we're doing a cruise, and we want you to join us for it. We're going on Quantum of the Seas, March 21st, 2015. It's going to be me and all, well, actually, a lot of our readers and, and podcast listeners just from the blog, basically Royal Caribbean fans. And we're going to enjoy things together. In fact, in fact, if you're thinking, Matt, what am I going to do on this cruise? Well, I'll put a link in our show notes because I just posted a link to some ideas for meets, or the preliminary meet schedule for Quantum of the Seas. It's going to be a lot of fun, in fact. And you know what? Just if, if you can make it, if you think you might be able to make it, if you're thinking about thinking about making it, we'd love to have you there and get a little quote, see how it works, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope you'll be there as well. Next is an email from Shauna, who says, When is Royal Caribbean going to release the next itineraries for Quantum? As our children's school holidays start at the end of June, there are no more itineraries for Quantum on the webpage. Well, as you may know, Shauna, after June 2015, the Quantum of the Seas is going to China. In fact, part of June's itineraries, I think most of them are actually going to China, in fact. So beyond that, they'll be in China. And I'm wondering when those are going to be going on sale. I expect sometime soon, because of course they got to start selling them so they can start filling that ship, start making that money. But I suspect that'll be sometime soon. I wish I could give you a better answer than that. If you're looking for perhaps Anthem of the Seas and other ships, that'll be a little different because they're on a different schedule. But if you're looking for the Quantum to answer your question directly, I would tell you that expect them soon. That's the best we can tell you. You know, is everything with 
the quantum class has been a little delayed in the grand scheme of things, both itineraries and announcing stuff because they really want to make sure they're making the right decisions. And they, I think they feel really that this is just me talking this based on pure opinion that Rokerman really feels that, you know what, they'd rather take an extra little bit of time to make sure they get it right rather than announce something and then have to track back and, and change it all up because, of course, that would upset a lot of people. So I guess they figure they're upsetting less people by taking their time to answering it rather than making rash decisions and then having to undo them. So best answer I can give you, Sean, and hopefully it'll be soon enough for you. Next, we have an email from Chris. I've been listening to your podcast since it started and following your blog longer and follow all your information. Very helpful. The best part of your blog is that you offer an unbiased and open opinion on all matters. Anyway, the reason I'm writing is my fiance and I are taking our honeymoon on Oasis of the Seas for our third cruise in May of 2015. It's an Eastern Caribbean route to Nassau, St. Thomas, and St. Martin. In St. Martin, we wanted to go to Orient Beach and maybe a few other spots. And had you heard talk about a driver that you had used and really enjoyed him in the past, we're hoping you had contact information for him or her. Also, any recommendations you might have for that port would be awesome. The last question I had was when we were in St. Thomas, the last time we were on an excursion, we stopped at Honeymoon Beach on Fish Island. Do you know of any ferry or water taxi that will take us there for the day? Chris, great questions. And, of course, you heard earlier, actually, one of our other listeners suggested that spot in St. Martin. I believe it was Pick Paradise? Paradise Pick? Something like that. I already forgot. It's only been five minutes. Jeez, what's wrong with me? But uh, that's a good spot. Actually, the driver I used was Leo, and I'll be happy to email you his phone number. The reason I don't put his phone number just here on the air is I don't no, that's cool necessarily, but I will email it to you. And anyone who needs it, just email me. And I plenty of people have done that. I'm happy to share it with him. He's a great guy. I think you'll enjoy him as well. He's great rates, especially in terms of other recommendations. Um, you know, there's, it's such a beautiful Island. It depends what you want to do. If you want to go to the beach, I'm sure Leo can recommend a lot of different places. I went to that bikini beach, which I'll put a link in the show notes. Don't worry about the name. It's as really, there's not like, it's not as lewd as it may sound. It was just a very beautiful beach. In fact, one of the most beautiful beaches. Did I? I'm trying to remember if it was. If I decided it was my f- most beautiful beach I've ever been to. I think I said it was. So I'm going to go with that. Yes, the most beautiful beach I've been to. Now that I have been thinking and talking to myself out loud, <laughs> but it's a great spot, and you you'll really really enjoy that. I think. Of course, you have the. If you want, it, it's it's tourist trap. But you know what? I like this kind of a tourist trap. And of course, that's Maho Beach, which has the planes landing. I think you have to go there, and you have to be there at least once. If you're in Saint Martin. Go there. I went with Leo. We were there for like 20 or 30 minutes max. That's all you need to at least get the taste of it because otherwise it's a huge tourist trap. But it's, it, the experience of the planes landing and taking off is really cool. It's undeniable. So I would recommend that. And also, you know what? Leave yourself a little bit of time to go shopping in uh, Phillipsburg. It's a beautiful little city and there's a lot to do. I just like walking up and down. It's a great little area for shopping. So maybe have Leo drop you off there or pick you up there, whatever floats your boat. Or maybe he'll just hang out while you go there. It's a great little time a little spot actually to spend your time. So hopefully that answers you. Oh, it's St. Martin about the water taxi. I'll be honest. I've never heard of fish Island. When people go to St. Thomas, what we hear about is either Cokie beach or Megan's Bay. However, if I were you, I would just go out to where the taxis are. There's a lot of guys standing out there and just say, Hey, look, I want to go to honeymoon beach on fish Island. How can I get there? And you know what? Someone is going to either tell you how to get there or offer to take there or probably combo of both. But that's what I would do. Assuming you can't find the information online ahead of time, like by Googling TripAdvisor or maybe checking out, of course, Cruise Critic or any other message boards that's out there. So good luck to you, Chris. I think you're going to have a great time. Next, we have an email from Rich. Just booked a cruise with my wife for our five-year wedding anniversary. We're really excited leaving the kids with family, just us for the weekend. I've listened to several of your podcasts between yesterday and today, and thank you for putting out a quality podcast. 
I like how you combine the subject matter with listener feedback. Can you do a podcast for first-time cruisers? We are Florida residents and going out of Port Canaveral on Enchantment of the Seas for three nights the last weekend of July. Here are a couple questions that I have. Can we bring our own water? Do I need to bring a suit jacket? What can we expect boat rocking-wise if our large ocean view suite room is at the very front of the ship? Other questions I had answered by your previous podcast and by friends and family that had recommended Royal Caribbean to us. Rich, they're going to have a great time. You know, a three-night cruise, I'm going to tell you right now off the bat, Rich, you are going to be wishing you booked a longer cruise. Maybe that's all you can do because I know it's a weekend thing, kids and everything like that, living with family. But, man, those are the sh- those go by so quickly. Before you know it, you're, you're going to be walking off the ship. That's why I never recommend three-night cruises because they're just too short. Uh, it's too little of a good thing, right? All right. So, anyway, answer your questions. Can you bring your own water? All right. Officially, no. Really, yes. What I would do is I would bring water in carry-on. Don't check it. Just put it in your bag. I mean, buy cheap bottled water. Theoretically, you should be prepared to throw it away because technically you're not allowed to bring it on. But in reality, they usually look the other way and that kind of stuff. Don't bring like, I don't know, eight cases in a, in a truck dolly with it. But, you know, if you bring a little, you know, a couple bottles of water here, maybe even a case in a duffel bag and you carry it on by yourself, I think you'll be fine. Do you need to bring a suit jacket? No. I think you could go for, even for formalized, I don't know if there are formalized on a three night cruise, but, uh, you don't need a jacket. You can get away with just a nice collared shirt, maybe even a tie on top of it. Jackets are optional, except for, I'm not gonna say, I wasn't say except for the specialty restaurants, even there, honestly. They're, you, you're not needed. It's suggested in a lot of cases, but I think you'll be fine without a suit jacket. So if you just wanna go for the shirt, and, uh, you know, a nice, nice collared shirt, Nice pants, slacks, if you will, as my grandmother used to say. <laughs> that might be the best uh, solution for you there. So you don't have to, but you can certainly bring a jacket. You won't be out of place by wearing a jacket. And what can you expect boat rocking-wise for your front of the ship? This is a good question. I was on Navigator of the Seas, as you may or may not know, uh, earlier in February. And we had a ship. It was a family ocean view room right on the very – it was the very first room on the deck. So it was very in the, much in the front. You will feel more motion than you will in the middle of the ship. No question about it. Now, is it enough to really, you know, be like, whoa, I'm feeling sick? Eh, probably not, especially for your cruise because you're just going to the Bahamas. You're barely going anywhere. I mean, your, your ship is going to go very slowly. You feel the most motion when your ship is going fast because it's just like, you've seen speedboats. You know how speedboats go when they go slow? There's not a whole lot, but when they're going fast against the waves, you know, you see them bobbing up and down. Same thing with cruise ships, although, at a much slower pace, obviously. The thing is, you're going to feel more motion because that's where the impact of the waves are hitting. Whereas back in the middle center of the ship, you're not feeling that much motion, so it's a little more stabilized. It's not a huge deal. And what I would recommend to do, and I recommend this to everybody going on a cruise, Rich, Royal Caribbean or not, take with you some Bonine or other over-the-counter, I think Benadryl is the other one, over-the-counter medicine that can help with seasickness or motion sickness is really what you're looking for. And just have it there. And if you need it, take it. It's a great, even if it's just the placebo effect, honestly, I do it all the time to myself. I feel the motion. I start getting a little nervous because I'm a nervous Nelly. I, 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 <laughs> this is just Matt being Matt, right? It means nothing, but I'll take it. And you know what? I feel better. Again, this might be just purely mental. Sometimes it is physical and it does make me feel better. But if that's what, if that's what it does, the $3 at Walgreens is going to make your life better. Why not? So. I think that'll do it. And of course, you know, your suggestion for a first time cruiser episode, certainly a good idea. And we will definitely be looking into that and keeping that in mind. So thank you, Rich. And of course, Rich, before we go, I should mention, let us know how your first cruise was and let me know when your next cruise is because of course, I think that three night you're going to be like, man, I want to go back and you can bring the kids next time. It's all right.
That's all the time we have for this week, unfortunately. But, of course, if you want to be part of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, I invite you to be a part of it. We're always looking for your feedback, thoughts, comments, everything on your mind, in fact. So you can email us, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. You can tweet us. We're on Twitter, at the RCL blog on Twitter. Facebook, we are facebook.com slash royalcaribbeanblog. So, you know what? Take a little bit of time. Send us a message. We love hearing from you, whether you have a question, a comment, or you just want to share something about your upcoming cruise or a cruise you just took. We love hearing about that. It's really a lot of fun. We all get it. Honestly, everybody gets a kick out of hearing about it because it's all just a little quick mental Royal Caribbean escape. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.